0: Hello and welcome to the Reality Recap Junkie Podcast. I'm your host Laurel and this is episode number six. Um, This will be the last episode of 2020. And oh my goodness, I am so excited for 2020 to be over. Now I know that 2021 is not just going to be magically better starting um, on January 1st, but. There is a lot more hope for the next year, and I think we're just ready to scrap this year and move on. Um, With that being said, this episode is a bonus episode that I decided to do this week. Um, There is no new challenge this week, and I had decided that I wanted to do a Bravo-themed podcast, which I would be recapping the overall seasons for The Real Housewives of Potomac, Orange County, and Salt Lake City. I am going to do that episode, but that will be on Sunday night. Um, For this episode, though, um, I wanted to do um, my overall thoughts, so not exactly a recap, of two TLC shows that have been airing on Tuesday nights. And so they aired last night, and I watched the most recent season, or the most recent episodes and that is My Big Fat Fabulous Life and Welcome to Plathville. Um, next week are the finales for these uh, shows, I believe. But since I had some extra time this week, I just wanted to talk about them because I wanted to throw in, um, in addition to, you know, the challenge, I wanted to throw in the some of the Bravo shows I watch and then DLC and kind of add in bonus episodes when I can to give some different kind of content and to kind of give a preview of some shows that I might recap in the future. Okay, so I'm just going to start with my big, fat, fabulous life. And I will preface this with saying I didn't take any notes and I didn't look anything up. This is just going to be what I can remember, what I know, and just what I think. All right. So overall, the show, My Big Fat Fabulous Life, airs on TLC and it um, covers the life of Whitney Way Thor, who is an overweight woman, uh, mid 30s, I believe, maybe older 30s. I can't remember her exact age. And just, you know, follows her around her life and what she does. I think the show had been on a season or two. I honestly don't know what season number this is. But I was not watching it from the beginning. But I think this is my third season watching as it airs. And I think I did go back and watch whatever was like on demand for TLC for the show. So Um, I have a decent background. I also follow Whitney on Instagram. So I keep up with her um, day-to-day activities. So um, last season, we find out that Whitney starts dating Chase, who is Ryan's friend. And now Ryan is her new business partner. Um, So what Whitney does is like... um, She's very much about body positivity. Obviously, she is overweight. You know, she uses the word "fat," and she has no problem with that word. And she, I know, she does not like it when, um, people will comment and say, "Stop calling yourself fat." Like she, that's not like a bad word for her. She, you know, that's how she identifies as a fat girl. So, if you look at her, yeah, you're gonna notice her weight. Um, and I don't remember, I want to say she's maybe in like the 300 pound range. I can't remember. You know, she's not real big on the number of weight of her, like what the actual number is. Um, she's definitely more about getting healthy now. She has PCOS, um, which is what a big factor to her weight gain. It makes it hard for her to lose weight. She also has had like disordered eating over the years and still does, where you know, she doesn't really eat, um, proper meals and then she'll just binge. And so she's very open about all of that. Um, but what she does as far as like income is she had started out with, um, she teaches a dance class for, you know, people who aren't like typically dancers. So mostly like overweight people who, you know, don't have a background in dance, but they love to. Um, Whitney was a dancer uh, growing up and it's one thing that she loves to do. So she was teaching her big girls dance club in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where um, she lived and her family lives, um, her parents and all of her friends are there. Um, but then in addition to doing like the big girl dance club, she has also started this no BS active. So that stands for like no body shaming. Um, and it is her doing like workouts for people who are bigger, you know, doing the modified workouts. Um, so still trying to be active, but not body shaming. Um, So she had kind of started that movement and I know she was doing like tours and stuff. Obviously this year, everything's kind of halted with COVID, but she had met, she had, I don't remember the timeline. Did she move to Charlotte first and then met Ryan or did she meet Ryan and then move to Charlotte? I can't remember. But anyway, she was living in Charlotte and she had met Ryan, who is like a fitness guy. Um, they call him the bro because um, he's definitely very, you know, like the stereotypical like frat bro vibe. Um, but they met and they started doing workout videos together. So Ryan will do um, the more advanced technique for the workout. And then Whitney will do a modified version. So you can see two people of different body shapes doing the same workout. So regardless of like what stage you're at, you can modify and join in the workout. And so they would do videos and you can subscribe and all that. So through working with Chase, or sorry, through working with Ryan, she met Chase. And um, Chase... Her and Chase seemed to hit it off. They went on a date. Um, and then they started, like, actually dating. And then last season, he, at the end of the season, he proposed to her. Um, it was very quick. But, you know, they seemed so happy. He seemed like a good guy. Really, you know, loved her. And she just seemed so happy and over the moon. Um, They had a little bit of back and forth about, you know, kids. He wasn't ready to have kids. Um, but, obviously, she is a little bit older. I can't remember how old Chase was, but, you know, she's in her mid-30s. And as a woman in your mid-30s, you know that things start to get a little bit more complicated when it comes to actually being able to carry your own child, which is something that, you know, that would be her first choice if she wants to be able to carry her own child. If not, then adopt. But in the past seasons, we have seen her go through this whole um, debate on, you know, she wants kids. How is she going to have kids? Because physically it's hard for her to carry with her weight and her PCOS. It makes it difficult for her to conceive in the first place. So if she can't conceive on her own and also like the older you get, the less eggs you have. And that's just like, you're born with the number of eggs That you're going to have for your entire life and the older you get that number goes down so as she gets older not only does she have the other complications that make it difficult for her to conceive she's also losing the number of viable eggs that she could that she does already have um so she has also considered adoption um and she's gone through that process but i mean i didn't even realize this like the criteria that a lot of these places have for you to be able to adopt makes it very difficult for someone like her um she i was it Japan or China I don't remember she lived in Japan I'll go with Japan and I think that she, you know initially she was thinking like that is where she would want to do an adoption through but like you If you're overweight, they basically don't let you adopt there. You have to have like a certain BMI, which is crazy to think about that. You have to be in a a certain BMI to be able to adopt a child, which a BMI is like, doesn't mean anything. Your BMI does not mean your health. I mean, it can mean that you're unhealthy, but just because you're in a certain BMI range, that doesn't mean you're healthy. Um, There are also like rules and regulations as far as um, mental stability. So if you've been on like antidepressants or stuff like that, it can be harder. I mean, there are a lot of things that they have regulations on that Whitney falls into those categories. So it's like near impossible for her to be able to adopt. So she really wants a, a child but it's going to be difficult for her to be able to get a child so um you know she was really excited that you know she's found someone that loves her that she loves that you know that they can think about starting a family and she can get you know all of those things that she's wanted so that's how last season ended um they had gotten engaged and Um, Over the break between when that season ended and the beginning of this new season, um, I had seen on social media, she finally did announce that her and Chase broke up, which was so sad for her. Um, He had ended up cheating on her at one point after they had gotten engaged. And had gotten this girl pregnant, which I believe was like an ex-girlfriend of his. Someone that has been in his life for a long period of time. And so he was going to, you know, decide to be with the mother of his child. And they were having this baby. And so him and Whitney broke up. And this season has been rough because... In the beginning of the season, they're still together and we don't know about this yet. So the first handful of episodes, you know, she's just talking about how happy she is. You know, they're still engaged and all of that. And like as a viewer watching it, you know, it was tough to watch because you know what's coming. Um, they obviously had problems in their relationship. Chase was living in Wilmington. She was living in Charlotte and she, it was always the assumption that he was going to move to Charlotte, but he never did, and he ended up, like, helping get this bar start up, and so he couldn't really leave because of that, and I just think that they weren't on the same page, so we get this season, we get to see the whole thing play out where she, they're not really seeing each other because of COVID. Um, you know, Whitney was taking it pretty seriously. Her mom was quarantining with her for a while. Babs, um, Glenn and Babs, those are two great uh, people on the show. Her parents they are so funny. Um, but like her and her mom were both high risk. So they are, quarantining together so she wasn't able to see Chase and then all of this stuff happens um and it's just like heartbreaking. I know there's like one confessional where she's talking about the whole situation and about how you know, she got engaged and she had this whole life planned um all of these things And now here's Chase. Now he gets to, you know, have the person he's going to be with. He gets to have a child and have a family and she gets nothing. And now she's here alone back at square one, you know, no significant other, no child, no prospects. And she's just feeling kind of like, you know, it's, it's not going to happen for her. Um, she is talking to Buddy about how she wants to get um the surgery the gastrointestinal surgery. I forget exactly what that's called, but um she's wondering like, should I get that because like no one's gonna want me because I'm fat and Buddy's like, that's not true. you definitely shouldn't get that surgery like um all of this, so it's just like so heartbreaking because. You just could see how happy she was when they got engaged. And then everything's kind of just, like, ripped out from under her. Um, and I just really, I really hope that she does find someone who, like, truly loves her. And, like, she was talking about how a lot of the times, you know, the people that she meets that are interested in her are people who have, like, a fat fetish. So people who are only interested in her because she is overweight and how she doesn't, you know, want that. But it's like she feels like that's the only way someone's going to want me is because of that. Because they have, like, a fetish like that. Um, I still don't know why her and Buddy don't get together. So Buddy is one of her long-term friends. They had slept together once or twice. Um, but, they's, but they've always been super close. He's lived with her um multiple different times um you know they're very like affectionate she's very open and free with her just everything about her it's like one thing that i really like about her is that she is very genuine like what you see is what you get she doesn't hold back she says whatever she's thinking um you know so you may love it or hate it i feel like there's probably a lot of people who really don't like that but whatever she's thinking, she says it, you know, she's not afraid of like how she comes off. So she just is who she is unapologetically. And I think that regardless of whether you like her personality or not, I think that that quality in a person is extremely hard to find. Um, especially like in the social media era of things that, you know, everyone just puts what they want people to see on social media and you don't really ever get to see what a person is really like. And with her it's like you can definitely tell that she just is who she is and she's not holding back. And so like, you know, one of the things with her and Buddy is, you know, she like when they're living together, she walks around her house with no clothes on. I mean, she's very free and open. She has no problem being naked around anyone. Um she doesn't have a problem saying whatever she's thinking. Um, so her and Buddy, you know, consistently over the years have been very close. They're affectionate, you know, um, they're obviously there for each other. Um, after the whole thing with Chase happened, Buddy moved to Charlotte, like not necessarily moved, but he came to Charlotte to stay with her, um, to be with her because she's all alone, you know, COVID's happening. It's like hard for her to you know, connects with people and she's going through this hard time and feeling depressed. And so, you know, he m- moved in with her to be with her and be there for her, be a support system. um, And, you know, she's helped him throughout his like drug and alcohol addictions and all of that. And they just, it's like it, to an outsider, it just seems like, oh, why can't you guys just be together? Like, you have such a long history. You guys both obviously really care for each other, love each other. You know, you accept each other. It just seems like a natural fit that they would be together. But obviously, you know, they have been friends for years and years. And like, sure, they have slept together before. And then like a season, a Or two ago you know they had that awkward kiss happen and it always just feels like maybe they're just never on the right page like when Whitney's maybe thinking about it but he's not and vice versa and you know maybe they will end up together you know they have that marriage pact that if by the time they're now 50 if they are still alone they'll get married and all that but um In these last couple episodes of this recent season and like the episode last night, um, the friend group is all at a lake and, you know, they're trying to do those social distancing. You know, they're wearing a mask when they're inside, um, but they're trying to, you know, be out on the lake, be six feet apart, but still be able to be together to kind of lift Whitney's spirits up, um, not have her be so isolated during this time when she really needs her friends to you know pull her up and so they're on their way out there and buddy just like drops a bomb that like oh yeah well i have a girlfriend now and whitney's like what because they're you know he's living in her house and she sees him every single day and you know they're not really going anywhere or doing anything because of covid and he somehow magically has a girlfriend So apparently he met a girl on the line. She was like a friend of a friend and he just, you know, hit her up and they started talking and then they've been going on walks and now they're dating. And I guess they've officially been dating for like a week. It just kind of sounds like, to me, it was like he messaged her and was like, hey, you're pretty and she was like oh yeah I think you're cute too and then they're like okay well let's just be in a relationship and now they have been going on walks with each other as dates so of course Whitney was just like excuse me what (laughs) like like how did I not know this when we're living in the same house and we're around each other all the time so that whole thing was really weird so they get to the lake house and, you know, all the friends are there and then she had made like kind of like a passing comment that like, sure, go ahead and invite her um, if she wants to come. And he did and she shows up and it's just like, uh, it's so awkward because, of course, Whitney is just saying anything and everything that comes into her mind. And so it just makes it super awkward and they're asking her questions about them dating. And of course she shows up with no mask on. And so that's like weird. And and then throughout talking to her and them kind of grilling Buddy. because So at the lake house it's Tal and his boyfriend JP. And then um it's Ashley and Todd and then Whitney and Buddy. And then Ryan comes to visit as well but then Buddy's new girlfriend, Brittany, shows up, so they're all, you know, sitting around kind of grilling them about this relationship, and how it got started, and all of that, and then Whitney realizes that she has been inside her house, and actually stayed the night one night, and so, like, this girl has, you know, met all of her animals, and has been in like literally slept over at her house and she had no idea. And buddies all just like, what? It's not that big of a deal. If I want to invite someone over, I should be able to. And it's like, what? Um, Okay. First off, this is not your house. This is not um a house that you are technically living in. You are staying with her for the time being, but you do not live there. You do not pay rent on this house. There's no agreement that this is where you live. Like your bill you know, your mail does not come to this address. So that's a first off. So I think Absolutely. Before you have someone come over to a house that is not yours, you should ask the owner of that house. Second off, while we're in a global pandemic, okay, so you just met this girl and you, I mean, a week ago, you just met her. Already she showed up to this house with no mask on. So that's, um, a cause for concern. Then on top of that, like you, so you're going on walks with her. Like how socially distanced are you guys being? So you are interacting with her and then you're coming home and, you know, spreading all those germs to Whitney as well, who is high risk. So it's like, okay, that's a slap in the face. And then on top of that, she comes into the house and stays the night without Whitney knowing. So now she's like spread all of her germs around that house again in a global pandemic. And he was just like, what? It's not that big of a deal. And it's like, on so many levels, that is a big deal. And I would absolutely be upset if I were Whitney. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, And I mean, she kind of says that, but you know, they don't really harp on it too long and just like move on with it. But Other than that, Whitney's being really just weird about the situation, and she's definitely coming off jealous, even though she says she's not jealous. Like, even if you're not jealous to the fact that, like, you don't want to be with Buddy, it's not that you're jealous that this woman is having sex with him, but you're jealous that she is taking away his time and attention, that, you know, you are used to having all of it, and especially, like, right now... Whitney has been Buddy's number one focus, and now he magically has this girlfriend, so I think she's feeling threatened and concerned, like, what does that mean? Is he gonna move out? Is she gonna try and move into Whitney's house? Are they gonna be, like, a throuple now all of a sudden? So, yeah, it, that whole situation is definitely weird, and then I think they showed the previous for next week, and I think they're already broken up, which, I mean, that tracks. Um, so hopefully Whitney doesn't have to worry about that too much longer, but yeah, Buddy needs to think a little bit more. Um, he definitely doesn't have the best track record. Um, so yeah, that whole thing is weird. But then the other thing going on is like her relationship with Ryan. So Ryan is Chase's best friend and Whitney's business partner. So he's in a really strange predicament because regardless of what happened between chase and Whitney and who was in the wrong, he cares for both of them. He has a relationship with both of them. And then his relationship with Whitney also includes business. So like his livelihood. So the whole thing is just real messy. And Whitney is not sure how she feels because it's hard for her to look at Ryan and not think about chase. And you know, she wants to ask him all of the questions That he can probably answer for her, Um, but she's trying not to. You know, you don't want to put him in the middle. Um, In addition, all of her friends pretty much hate Ryan. Like, they don't like Ryan. Ashley kind of gives them a break. It's a little bit strange. Um, But so all of her friends are like, we don't like Ryan. We don't want him around. He's the enemy. He's keeping you in Charlotte. They all want her to move back to Greensboro and basically get rid of Ryan and go back to the way things used to be. But Whitney is not really sure about it all. And then while they're all out on the lake, they are talking about how Tal has brought up like um, what she's cu- currently doing with Ryan. They have been able to transition um, for COVID to be able to. Um, do like a split screen workout. So they don't have to physically be in the same room to do their workout videos anymore. They each film themselves doing the workout and then they put it on a split screen and that seems to be going really well. So Tal's point is like, you don't need to be living in Charlotte to do that. You can live here in Greensboro and do that. And also you can do that with anyone. You don't need to be doing that with Ryan Um, and I mean, they're, they're having this entire conversation in front of Ryan. The whole thing is so weird. Like that would never, like, I would never be a part of that. It would be so awkward. And I can't imagine a situation where people are talking like that about each other in front of each other, but I guess it works for them. Um, so uh, I've been trying to figure out for sure if her and Ryan are still friends, like as of today, Um, And I can't quite figure it out based on social media. I mean, it appears that they're not doing that business together anymore and that they are no longer friends, but I want like a clear cut confirmation. And I think that she might be, have transitioned to doing her whole business the same way, except instead of doing it with Ryan, she's now doing it with Jessica, which is her trainer and friend. And that was, like, one of the things that Tal brought up, too. He's like, you could be doing it with Jessica. Like, Jessica's way more fit than Ryan anyway. Um, and they all like Jessica. So, if I had to guess, I think that that is what is happening. Is kind of like, you know, Ryan and Chase are completely gone now. Um, I do believe that she has moved back to Greensboro. So, I think that, you know, her friend group kind of got what they want. She's back in Greensboro. I think she's doing the No BS Act with Jessica. Ryan's out of the picture, Chase is out of the picture. So if that is all true and I've got that right, I hope that all of that is what she really wants. I hope she's happy doing all that. And then I hope that, you know, once, um, this next year, once COVID kind of gets under control more, that she can find someone or maybe get with Buddy, um, and really work on that part of her life. I I want her to be happy. I mean, she deserves to have someone who actually loves her and um, can support her and they can have a nice life together, whatever that looks like. Okay, so those are my overall thoughts on My Big Fat Fabulous Life. If you have never seen it before, I would recommend watching it. I mean, if you like reality TV, then it's a good show. Um, it's got a lot of good characters, um, a lot of funny moments. And I think it is pretty real and raw. It's not, um, like some other reality shows that are more produced and the storylines are faked. Like this is a show where it's an actual friend group, you know, centered around Whitney, but you get to see her family and her friends. It's not like, they've hired people in as their, her friend. Like these are people who have been friends for years and years. Um, so it's very genuine, which I like. And a lot of other reality shows are kind of not like that anymore. Okay. Um, so I think I'll be done with that show now. Um, and I do apologize if you can hear noise in the background, it is raining of sorts it's really cold out so it might be more than rain some like sleet snow and it's getting kind of loud so you might be able to hear that in the background um okay so now i'm going to move on to welcome to plathville which this is the second season of the show and i have watched it since day one um Uh, As far as like TLC goes, I love all the shows about the big families. I don't know why. Like something about it. Like I don't come from a big family. I'm not going to have a big family. Most of those big families are religious. I am not religious. So I think maybe I enjoy watching them because it's just so foreign to me. Um, You know, I definitely love watching the Duggars, The Bates Family, uh, I watch OutDaughtered, The Sweet Home Sex Tublet, Sex Sextuplets, The um, Doubling Down with the Doricos, I watch all those shows, so when I first saw the preview for Welcome to Plathville, and it's like a Duggar-esque type of show, a large family, not like as large as the Duggars, they've got like seven, eight kids, something like that, um, but they definitely lead a sheltered life. Um, so that Duggar-esque in that sense. So when that preview came out, I was like, oh, okay, I'll like I'll give this a shot. I'll set the recording and see what it's all about. And oh, it is a doozy. Like, whoo, this family is strange, to say the least. So Um, the episodes, I mean, there's not a whole lot of content. I would say there's a lot of boring parts to it, but I think the boring parts are worth it to get to the juicy little bits (laughs) that they give you. So the family, so the show revolves around the family, but it's more so now being centered around a couple of the older kids who have like broken away. And so what I mean by that is that the family are the Plaths and the mom is Kim and the dad is Barry. And then there is a a daughter who is never featured on the show. I think they show like a picture, but not of their faces. Um, And her name is Hosanna. And Hosanna is married and lives in another state, I believe. So they do talk about her, but we don't really know a whole lot about her other than she's married and she's not featured on the show so then the other kids are um I'm not gonna know the order of the younger kids because they're really not featured that much and they're not that important to be honest um but there is the oldest son Ethan and then um right Ethan and then there, the next is uh Micah So, let's see if I can remember this correctly. Ethan is 22. And this is, like, as of now-ish, or as of um, the show airing. Um, Okay. Ethan is 22. Micah is 19. Mariah is 17. Lydia is 16. I don't know how old Hosanna is, because we don't know anything about her. And then the younger kids are... Um, not super, super young, but they're more like, uh, you know, between eight and 13. There is the other son after Lydia, Isaac. I want to say he's like 14 and we see him a little bit. And then there are three younger girls, Mercy. That's all I can remember. I think I don't even know all their names cause it, it truly doesn't matter. But basically Ethan got married to Olivia and Olivia also comes from a a similar kind of background. So basically Kim and Barry meet, get married, have all these kids. And the gist of it is that before they got married, especially Kim, it sounds like Kim was a wild child. Like she drank a lot. I think she was promiscuous and then something happened um, that kind of like, changed it. I don't know if she got into like an accident or something, but basically she kind of changed her life around. And then her and Barry get married and they decide that they're going to raise these kids so sheltered. Like they don't watch any TV. The only kind of music they can listen to is classical music. They can't even listen to Christian music. All they can listen to is classical music. They get very, very little sugar. Um, a little bit of honey like just very um on special circums like special occasions they can have like a little bit of sugar um they are homeschooled and by homeschooled I mean they do chores all day long like from what I gather they have very little education um and I I don't know how the laws work, but I think that like when you homeschool your kids you have to follow a certain curriculum. And I think that like at the end of it, you can graduate and get like the like a GED equivalent or something like that. But these kids are not on that program. And I don't know how they get away with it. Like, in my opinion, the way that they are raising their children should be considered child abuse, because they are not getting an education. And if you don't even have like a basic education, it's so hard for you to you know be successful in the world and like live a quote unquote normal life. So they basically live on this farm, homeschool these kids, give them like some sort of basic education, I guess. Um but then they do a lot of chores, you know, they learn about cars and um I like I don't think they have necessarily farm animals. So I don't know exactly what all they're doing, but um, Like, Lydia, who is 16, she's the one who's, like, doing all the work. You know, keeping the house clean, making the dinners and all of that. Like, I don't know what Kim's doing. Like, it seems like Lydia's the one doing all the work. So, like, what's Kim doing? Um, But then the older kids have all kind of started to grow up and realize what kind of life their parents have given them. And they are not happy about it (laughs) because they're realizing that there are other things in the world like sugar and TV and sex and having fun and not doing chores and all this stuff. So, um, Ethan, you know, meets Olivia, they end up getting married and Kim and Barry, especially Kim. So Kim is definitely like in control And she does not like Olivia, like she hates Olivia. She doesn't want her around. She thinks she's a bad influence on the kids. Um, They're no longer allowed to be with the children alone, because they're so afraid that they're gonna like, tell them, you know, like, hey, there's a whole world out there that you guys don't know about. Um, so they're trying to keep the younger kids sheltered as long as possible in hopes that they don't also leave. But so far their track record is not that great. Like all your kids are leaving because they realize that the way you've been raising them is crappy. So, um, my, so Olivia and Ethan live in their own house and then, Micah and Mariah moved out, so Micah's nineteen, okay, that's fine. He wanted to move out of the house, get his own place, but they basically kicked Mariah out, and so now Mariah lives with her nineteen year old brother who barely knows what the world is like either, so she's seventeen years old now, living on her own. um They all have jobs trying to support themselves. Micah is now a quote unquote model. AKA, he posts like practically naked pictures of himself on Instagram. He now has an Instagram following and is booking modeling jobs off of that. Um, and okay, so the thought of Kim going onto Micah's Instagram and looking at his like practically naked pictures is so gross to me. It's just, oh, the whole thing is so weird. Um, and then Mariah is like trying to navigate dating, she has this boyfriend, Max who she doesn't know how to communicate with because she never learned how to like communicate with other people. That whole situation is weird. I feel bad for her also because she's 17 on a reality show and she's not like a 17 year old today. She's like a 17 year old from before there were, there was technology. So like when I was a 17 year old, basically, um, her makeup is terrible. Her hair is terrible. Her fashion is terrible. Her whole look is so tragic, but it is the typical, like you're growing up as a teenage girl and you're trying things out and you're trying to figure out like what's right for you. And, you know, she's just doing like what she thinks makes her look pretty, but it really doesn't like someone needs to sit her down and like show her how to, you know, dress and do her makeup. Um, not someone like me, because I certainly don't do my makeup. I have very little makeup on at all times. And my hair is never done. And I just wear, you know, like sweatpants and sweatshirts all day long. So my husband is real lucky that he gets me. (laughs) But if I was going to be on reality TV, that would be a different story. I would not have on this bright red lipstick with these spider eyelashes in my eyes wearing practically nothing. It's just. It's bad. So I hope that someone can sit her down. And you know. Give her some tips on like. How to look good. Without looking. The way that she's been doing. <laughs> um. So. The. One of the other things. About this show. Is that. In the first season. We find out that there. Was another sibling. Named Joshua. And. And I I don't remember where he's at. I know that Mariah, Mariah, Lydia, and I think Isaac were all already born. So he would have been after Isaac, I think. It, or no, maybe he was before Isaac. I don't know for sure. But when he was 18 months old, Kim ran him over. She ran him over, I like they said that, and it was almost like a passing comment on the show. And I was like, "Well, um, excuse me, can we please rewind? I need the full story." Well, what do you mean she ran him over? So we get a little bit more detail. Um, last night on last night's episode, and I think it's like she's in their vehicle on the farm, and they're like moving. Like, hay hay bales around or something. I don't know. And she had Lydia and Isaac and maybe one other kid in the car with her. And she saw Joshua, like, over by the tree or whatever. So, she, like, visually saw that he was there. And then she must have turned back. And I guess somehow in whatever amount of time passed between from when she last saw him to when she pressed on the gas... He had run over and gotten in front of the car, like, to where she couldn't see him, like, crouched down or something. And she ran him over, and he died. Like, I'm not trying to make light of this situation, but, like, what? Obviously, it's an accident. She's not running over her kid on purpose. But how does that even happen? Like, you're just letting your... 18 month old I mean my son is going to be two in February and even like when he was 18 months maybe not quite when he's 18 months but I mean he runs around this house like a crazy person he can run so so fast like why are you moving the vehicle when your son is close enough that he can run over in whatever time period it was from when you last saw him like that is not a smart move then after he passes away like obviously she has to deal with the guilt and the grief and all of that but they basically are under the impression that you know if you're depressed that you know, if you believe in God, he will take that off of you or whatever. Okay. These people need therapy. Those children need therapy. Lydia is 16. This was, had to have been like over 10 years. I don't know how old she was when it happened, but it's been 10 years ago and she's still sobbing about it. Like, of course, like, you're going to get emotional from time to time but it is clear that not a single person in this family has ever had one therapy session if you have something like that that happens to you even if you don't have something like that that happens to you like if like everyone should just be in therapy like talk to someone it's going to help you out regardless of what you got going on in your life but especially if something like that happens something so tragic You're a child. You are sitting in the car with your mother when your mother runs over your little baby brother and he dies. You need therapy. Your mom needs therapy. Your dad needs therapy. Everyone does. So the fact that they don't believe in that and they never, you know, got these kids in to talk to someone or like a grief specialist, anything, they need help and they still do. So like, hopefully they can figure that out and they can get that help they need to deal with that because they clearly have not dealt with that situation and I don't know how Kim has even like survived I guess she just like shut it off like I can't even imagine having to go through that but Kim seems like someone without a soul to begin with so oh that whole situation I can't get over every time they mention it I'm just like what? Like I don't understand what is going on. It just seems so crazy that they briefly mentioned it in the first season. Now we're getting some more detail, but it's like, oh my gosh. I can't believe this is not more of a focal point of the show. Um so yeah, the next episode next week I'm really looking forward to because We see that, uh, I mean, as of right now, Olivia and Ethan have, like, cut ties with their family. They don't speak to the parents. They do speak to um, Mariah and Micah now that they have moved out of the house. They're able to, but they don't get to see or talk to the younger children. Um, And so, that you know, that really upsets them. Like, they have an issue with Ethan's parents because... They don't agree with their lifestyle. They don't um like Olivia. They think she's a bad influence. And so that has obviously created a lot of tension. Um so next week's episode we see that I think they're trying to go over there and see the kids, and something happens, and they're like they kind of just end the preview with Ethan gripping Barry's arm and was basically like, You do not speak to my wife that way. And he's like angry like so angry and like physically grabbing on to his father and then he basically says like if you're not going to allow this to happen then i we will see my siblings when they turn 18 years old and it was like "Ooh, like i'm excited for that um it'll probably be like a two minute segment the whole episode will be like filled with a bunch of fluffy stuff and then we'll get that at the very end but i'm still excited to see it Um, And then I just feel bad for Lydia also. So she's the 16-year-old, and she seems to definitely still be under Kim and Barry's spell. Um, She's very obedient and, you know, does whatever they say and helps out. She takes a lot of burden on. Like, I think she feels like the fact that her older siblings have all this discourse that it somehow weighs on her. And she's trying to bring the family back together, which is not her responsibility at all. And I just want her to open her eyes a little bit. Like, that's fine if she's more conservative and she likes to dress conservatively and doesn't want to have the sugar or, you know, do the things that, like, Mariah is wanting to do. Mariah is wanting to get out there and, like, experience the world and do all of these things. And Lydia definitely seems to just, like, be more content living a plain, modest lifestyle, which is fine. There are so many people out there like that. And that's great if that works for them but I don't think that she has all the information. Like even if you want to live that lifestyle, you need to get away from your parents a little bit and see what else is out there. Have more of an education. Also you're 16 years old and you've been like running this household for however long, like she needs the freedom just to do the things that she wants and be a kid and enjoy that before she, you know, inevitably gets married off to someone and starts her own family. So oh, those are my overall thoughts. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this format. I'm, it's kind of how I'm going to do the Bravo Housewives episode on Sunday. Um, I'll probably look up a few things here and there that I kind of want to just confirm for some of the Housewives. But I'm just going to give my general thoughts on them and how I feel ab- about the seasons. Um, the one on Sunday will be more... Specific to what's happening in the current season for each franchise versus today's episode, where it's more just talking about the show overall and then kind of digging into what's happening right now on what's airing. Um, if you have any feedback, please give it to me things that you like, don't like, um, other shows that you would recommend me talking about or watching if I haven't already watched it. Um, I'm always looking for new shows to watch because I just love TV so much, especially reality TV. Um, if you want to follow the podcast for updates or just to um, get on Twitter and see all of the tweets, I've been trying to live tweet as many shows as I can. And last night I did um, Welcome to Plathville um, and I had a bunch of tweets on there, so you can see all of that. I've consistently been able to do The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and I've gotten in a little bit on Potomac, but now Potomac is done. So um, you can follow the podcast at RRJ Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you want to subscribe, then that way all the new episodes will just show up in your feed and you don't have to go looking for it. And if you like what you hear, you can give me a five-star review. That would be so awesome. Um, And again, just thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, even if you only made it halfway, um, thank you to everyone who takes the time to listen to this. I truly do appreciate it. Um, And I will talk to you guys on Sunday in 2021. So have a good new year and stay safe. Bye.